Hey guys, welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We're two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Tia Johnston, and I'm joined by my co-host, Meredith Hine. Thanks for joining us today. We actually have a lot to celebrate, and that's because the last time we talked, the Big Ten football season was still in a chaotic state. No one knew if Ohio State was going to play football this fall, and two of the team's best players, Sean Wade and Wyatt Davis, had opted out to prepare for the 2021 NFL Draft. Obviously, as you all know, none of that is still in play. Uh, The Big Ten finally and officially reinstated their fall football season last week. Ohio State is set to kick off, excuse me, October 24th against Nebraska. And Tia and I are celebrating a very special anniversary. Yeah, it is exactly one year since our first show together. So... We have a lot of festivities lined up for today's show to celebrate. To start, I thought we could take a look back at some of our favorite shows that we have recorded in the past, and we were just talking about this, but we have recorded a lot of shows, so I urge you to just type in (laughs) Play Like a Girl on LandGrantHolyLand.com because we have covered a lot of topics. My personal favorite are Kobe Bryant show where we recapped his legacy and honored him after he passed away. I loved that show. One where we compared Dabo versus Day's coaching styles leading up to the Fiesta Bowl. That was a good one. I think our most most hilarious one was when the Washington football team was trying to figure out their name and someone suggested the Redskin Potatoes. I think there (laughs) were like four times where we I had to like pause just to laugh in that show, like on various different times. I loved recording that show because it was a pretty somber show the rest of the time. And I think we were both feeling really, really sad. And then we were so like just in that state that when we saw the tweet about the red skin potatoes, we just couldn't keep it together. It was like relief. And then my last one is one of our interviews with Morgan Moriarty, where we talked to her about all of the women in the NFL that she interviewed. That was a good one. That was one of like our very first. Yeah, I I saw that show when I was looking back at like the almost 50 shows that we've recorded up to now. um, And I'd forgotten about that, but it was such a good one. In terms of my favorite shows, uh, I totally agree. The Kobe Bryant show really sticks out. It's We've talked about it so many times before, but sports are such an important part of our life. And so when Kobe died, I feel like both you and I were affected pretty, like, a lot um, for someone that, you know, we've never met personally. And so being able to talk through that was really powerful. Also, Maria Sharapova's retirement episode, I really, really enjoyed. As a former tennis player, it was really cool to, like, talk about her life and her legacy. But... (laughs) I would say, like, the three shows that, like, just really get me, like, fired up generally. (laughs) I would say the Origins. We had a show about the Origins of the Play Like a Girl podcast with Matt Tamanini. And he came on and he talked about, you know, his motivations for having the show and getting you and Alexis to start it. That was really, really cool to hear about from his perspective. We had a show very early on where we talked about imposter syndrome and especially how it plays out in sports. And I think that that's a powerful message now as always because imposter syndrome is a thing that 
everyone experiences all the time. So recognizing it's important. But then also our PSA show about she actually knows a lot about sports and why you should never say that to anyone. Because uh, yes. especially now that football is happening again, I'll be like chatting with someone and I'll have like word vomit. And I realized 30 minutes later that I've been like chatting about the Washington Redskins or something, <laughs> not the potatoes, for like ever. And like I can see it in their eyes. They're about to say you actually know a lot about sports. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) I feel like we kind of strayed away from those topics just because we hit them all in the beginning, just about, you know, being a woman in sports. And I definitely think we need to dive back into those topics now that, you know, we probably have a fresh perspective and probably more information. And there's more of it happening in the news, which is a perfect way to segue into our next topic about Katie Nolan. And if you have been on Twitter and you follow Katie Nolan and Maria Taylor and all of the legendary women reporters out there right now, you've probably seen this. Jason Whitlock wrote a column which attacked ESPN's Katie Nolan. And the gist of his article, I'm not even going to like give it much attention but it just said the only reason she has her job is because she's pretty and she has white privilege and that's the only reason they have her on air and all this stuff and literally this like archaic article i don't even know what he thought was going to happen when he published it but it obviously got a lot of backlash well i mean jason whitlock has generally just been a person who likes to bash other people because his own reporting isn't very good. Right. I'm assuming he doesn't listen to a podcast called Play Like a Girl. No. So I'm assuming I'm probably safe from getting bashed from him now. <laughs> um, but like when you're a reporter and you are like you're making the news, like I feel like that's potentially problematic. Um, and I think Katie Nolan's response was really perfect initially because she was like, you're this close to making a point about connecting <laughs> a woman's, uh, you know, prowess at her job with her appearance. But, you know, actual points don't pay the bills, do they? So, it, you know, it clearly feels like a case where he was just trying to get a rise out of people. Also, like, it was straight garbage. She's obviously very talented. Like, just very frustrating about it. And, like, she's she's also not the only, you know, female sports reporter who has taken heat from Jason Whitlock recently and from a lot of other people. Deep down, this is all just stemming from the fact that Katie Nolan has the job that he wants, and he literally can't stand seeing a woman do that job successfully. And he's not willing to admit that she has that job because she's good at it. Like, he just, he doesn't want to accept that. Um, so that's, you know, it's sad for him, which again, he's not listening to this, so I don't care what I say. But speaking of other (laughs) reporters who have gotten bashed uh, as of recently is Maria Taylor. Um, I can't remember if this happened before or after our last show, but she was, oh, what was his name? It was some radio host. It doesn't matter. He's a radio host who's no longer a radio host (laughs) in Chicago. He, she made it. It doesn't matter anymore. It does not matter. He's not employed. (laughs) Okay, she made her Monday Night Football debut, crushed it. She was wearing, it was like this black leather shirt. And he said she looked like she belonged in an adult. I don't even, I literally forget. He said that she looked like she should be presenting an award at an adult film award show. 
And I'm like, how, like, why is that the first connection that you're making? Like, how many adult film award shows have you watched? <laughs> what, like, what is that? <laughs> That's telling so, us a little too much about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, like, justice was served in this case. Uh, the radio host was fired and Maria Taylor uh, continued to be a prime example of an amazing woman doing an amazing job but it did not unfortunately end there for her Uh, Maria Taylor submitted her ballot for uh, NBA All-Stars and she left Anthony Davis off which like I personally find questionable but she can do what she wants Mm -hmm. Um, but apparently some people did not feel that she should be able to do what she wants and uh, tweeted a lot of criticism at her and one reporter asked uh, very publicly why, why she was qualified to even be having a ballot in the first place. And her response was pretty amazing. She was like, because I played basketball and I cover basketball. As her co-host on NBA Countdown, Jalen Rose actually gave her flowers and publicly commented on how much she deserves the job that she's in, um, which was very very cute in my opinion yeah so we will definitely link this forbes article because it has the katie nolan story and the maria taylor story but women came out of the woodworks to defend these two on twitter i love seeing girl power moments like that because i'm like oh yeah no matter what happens we're always going to support the women who we look up to yeah and to that point um it's always important especially on our anniversary to be celebrating the women who paved the way for us to have this opportunity to be here on a podcast called play like a girl where we get to talk about sports so tia i have I have a fun surprise gift for you. (gasps) (laughs) I looked up some articles that I thought you would enjoy and would bring some sunshine to your day. And I found one. It's a New York Times article. And it's about how Finland has trained dogs to sniff out the coronavirus. And so they have them in the Helsinki airport. And the dogs are trained to, like, sniff, like, offloading, like, offboarding passengers. And they can, like identify within 10 seconds with no nasal swab guys if someone has covid and apparently they're like 99 percent accurate they're just rolling out in a pilot program but i thought that would make you smile so So happy anniversary (laughs) thank you oh my gosh why is that why are all the other countries so much better than ours i want to go to finland (laughs) just for that reason i have an article for you too actually i have two Oh boy. <laughs> okay, one of them is from SB Nation, the homepage. I came across it this morning and I was like, I feel like Meredith would enjoy this. But basically, a man <laughs> caused, he caused $40,000 in damages while trying to write his name on the brewer's field with a tractor. And basically, <laughs> this man broke in to Miller Park, stole a tractor, and then carved his name in the field with it and he was charged and they asked him why and he was like I was going to write my name in cursive with the tractor tires but it moved too slow and so the writer who is it James Dater from SB Nation he was hilarious because he was like I respect that like not saying you should break into a MLB field and write your name but like I respect it and he said as Kevin Durant once said you miss 100% of the 26 letters you don't try to write with a tractor. <laughs> <laughs> and then my second article, which I'm just going to have to send you because it's the pictures 
that make it, but it's a BuzzFeed article and it's 28 pictures that will unlock core memories millennials didn't even know they had. And some of these are just like, I totally forgot about my childhood and I feel like you'd appreciate it. We'll link to all of these articles in the show or into in the actual show article because it's all of our anniversary of sharing this experience together so we can share these gifts. But I, I will say that while, while those articles are lovely, the best gift of all is the return of Ohio State football. Yes. <laughs> We're so excited. Can you tell? Remember like four weeks ago or three weeks ago when you said you were in your bedroom crying because the season was canceled? <laughs> that feels <Yep>. so long <laughs> ago. <laughs> it was such a dark time. Dark times to you. It, it really was, but we're officially out of it. And the Big Ten not only gave us a full fall schedule, but they handed Ohio State the golden ticket to the conference championship. I mean, our lineup is just, it's like, it's hilarious. So We we have to win. In case you missed it, we have Nebraska, Penn State, Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan State, Michigan. I mean... Got this. I like that stretch of Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, (laughs) Illinois, especially. They didn't put in bye weeks for this schedule, but they also kind of put in bye weeks. (laughs) Yeah, but what's interesting about this schedule, as we've seen with the ACC, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, like, they started so much earlier than everyone else. Like, they started Labor Day weekend, right? And so even with a shortened schedule, they have some room for flexibility that Obviously, we're excited, we're ecstatic to have football back, but we don't have any sort of flexibility. So if a game gets canceled due to COVID, it's it's not going to get rescheduled. So there is, you know, the concern about are any of these teams going to be able to make it through a season? Because we've already, I don't know if you saw Ed Orger on uh, his press conference where he was like, yes. yeah, pretty much every player on LSU has had COVID. It was, it was bad. I don't know. I feel like if, if a game is going to get canceled, I don't think it's going to be in week one or week two. I think it be mid-season in which case for Ohio State that'd be like Maryland or any Indiana and I just it's a bye week like you said yeah like and then how are they gonna do it though like if if two teams don't play but the rest of the conference plays then who gets into the Big Ten championship like there are so many logistics for that so but like you said there's just there's no room for flexibility because they waited so dang long to do this. Yeah, and we're hearing emerging stories from the NCAA regarding like minimum game requirements for the playoff and things like that. So looking like those kinds of requirements are going to be waived, especially given situations like not that Houston is going to make the college football playoff, but if they were hoping to, it would be a long road up for them. Back to Ohio State real quick. So we mentioned at the top of the show about Sean Wade and Wyatt Davis initially opting out of the season. Um, They both have opted back in. So obviously Ohio State's title hopes are alive and well now that we have the band fully back together. I mean, you have to remember that Sean Wade and Wyatt Davis and Justin Fields could opt out right now without playing another snap of college football and be first round draft picks. And then you throw in, you know, the coronavirus and the Big Ten's song and dance from the past month, and they still want to play for Ryan Day, and they want to play for Ohio State. And I think that just kind of shows what this team is about this season, and I'm 
really excited to see how that translates into actual football because I mean Ryan Day I've never I've never thought negatively about him before but like I am just thrilled to have him as a coach now more than ever. Oh, for sure. And I feel like every week that we come here, we're able to say something really, really nice about Ryan Day, which is pretty cool. But as we're thinking about the broader football landscape, I mentioned it earlier, Houston is facing a nightmare scenario right now. And I just wanted to talk about it for a second. They've had five games canceled in four weeks due to COVID-related issues. So they were supposed to kick off before Labor Day. And they still haven't played their first game, and they won't until at least next week. Isn't that bonkers? Oh my gosh. And I didn't even know it was that bad until you brought it to my attention. Like, I kept seeing that they had a game canceled, but I don't know if I just thought it was the same one or like... But isn't it... It's not them, right? It's their opponents that keep getting COVID. Yep. See, it's going to be a suspenseful football season. I mean, you see Notre Dame. I think they just had to postpone a game, and they've been in the news for COVID outbreaks multiple times. I'm just hoping that the Big Ten has learned from other conferences' mistakes and they're like watching what they're doing and hopefully putting extra precautions, which it looks like they are, in place to prevent these postponements. So hopefully we have a nice and smooth college football season. But then again, I kind of feel like that might be too much to ask in the year 2020. So we shall see. But we are going to switch gears to the professional football league after a quick ad break. So stay with us. So on this day, on our anniversary show, we might be setting the record for our longest show ever (laughs) as we transition to talking about the NFL. So in week one, weeks one and two, excuse me, of the NFL season, former Buckeyes were pretty much the stars of the show. So sadly for me as a Browns fan, J.K. Dobbins did really, really well for the Ravens, including scoring two touchdowns. Jordan Fuller and Chase Young both had amazing debuts. Terry McLaurin and Dwayne Haskins, both on the Washington football team. Joey Bosa and Jerome Baker also had great games. So it was very exciting to see former Buckeyes thriving on their new teams. Um, And it was an awesome way, especially for us Ohio State fans who did not have college football to look forward to, to kick the season off. So the the bummer uh, (laughs) is that after we uh, got done with week one and fast forwarded to week two, we had kind of a nightmare scenario across the NFL in terms of injuries. They quite literally plagued the entire league. uh, And unfortunately, a few Buckeyes are on that list led by Nick Bosa, who is out for the season with a torn ACL. That is just, that's such a bummer not even for Ohio State fans, but for the NFL. I mean, he was the player to watch. These all happened, I swear. Maybe I'm just hallucinating, but these all happened in a matter of like 20 minutes on Sunday. Uh, Paris Campbell was another one. He went down with a knee injury. He's out indefinitely. Malik Hooker, Achilles. That's like the one injury you don't want to hear. He just cannot catch a break, I swear. Same with Paris, actually. But then you have other guys around the league, like Saquon Barkley. He also did his ACL. And then you have McCaffrey, Akers, Locke. You saw all the injuries, I'm sure, in the news. But the most shocking one, Tyrod Taylor. Oh my gosh. I So I heard about this because I was like, why is Justin Herbert playing? Like, that's weird. (laughs) Um, And Dave goes, did you hear what happened? And I was like, no, like. I assume he got hurt, and he, I had heard he got hurt in warm-ups, but what I didn't know is that a team doctor punctured his lung while trying to give him an injection for bruised ribs. That, I did not know that was so that came out. happened. 
like yesterday or the day before, but he they listed him as chest pains for the game. So no one knew what happened. And then it came out that he was getting an injection for his bruised rib. And yeah, he just <laughs> just missed and hit his lung casual. But did you read the about the Chargers' former doctor? He had two DUIs. He was raided by the DEA for writing himself 108 prescriptions. Malpractice for severing a patient's artery. Malpractice lawsuits for multiple career-ending misdiagnosis. And he lost his surgery license in 2013. Um, so then the guy that they hired in his place punctured a dude's lung. So they're, the Chargers are 0 for 2 in doctors. I mean, I'm not saying being a doctor is easy. It's got to be very challenging, but like... I hope a medical professional can write in, but, like, it seems like puncturing a lung is a thing that you shouldn't do. Especially when you're an NFL doctor. Like, all doctors are amazing, but I think if you're going to be injecting a steroid, which is, like, all NFL doctors do, you should just know how to do it. Anyway, I thought that was Um, the biggest headliner of the weekend, but it was a sad, sad Sunday in the NFL. Yeah, I think the headline on ESPN was the 21 most impactful injuries of week two, and I'm sitting here like, I don't know what, like, a normal number of injuries is. Is 21, like, average? But I'm like, oh, no, this is the 21 worst injuries headlined by Nick Bosa, two starting NFL running backs, two quarterbacks, and numerous others. But one of the things that we were talking about was just how important preseason workouts and OTAs are, uh, because you have to wonder if, you know, obviously the preseason was truncated, uh, practices were truncated. So would these injuries have happened if there was a full, you know, preseason that players could get warmed up and get back in shape. Yeah, and I think only a handful of teams actually did OTAs, although like the OTAs weren't, you know, at the facility and like they are other years, but they had personal workouts that they had to do via Zoom with their strength coaches and a lot of teams did not do that. And I'm not sure which teams were or weren't, but I'm willing to bet, you know, Giants and the 49ers probably were the ones who did not. Um, So yeah, hopefully this doesn't happen in college. However, I feel like college teams got more time to prepare with their teams and coaches. So um, I mean, it was a start and stop type of thing, right? Like they were playing a little bit in the spring and then they stopped and then they played a little bit of fall and then they stopped. So we'll see how it works. But positive news coming out of the NFL. J.K. Dobbins, I know we talked about him just five seconds ago, but like, I just (laughs) love it. It depends on who you are, okay? (laughs) Not positive for everyone. I'm sorry, but you love J.K., so that had to be bittersweet for you. I do. It was so rough. And also, did I tell you this, that he's on Dave's fantasy team? Is he really? I I felt so betrayed. We knew when Baltimore drafted him that he was going to be a perfect fit there. He's going to have an amazing career. And, like, obviously I'm thrilled for him. I'm just super bitter that the Browns have to play him twice a year and our (laughs) defense is so bad. I know. And everybody was like, well, did he just score because it was the Browns? Sorry, but I just was like, no, he's good. But people just keep sleeping on him. Even at Ohio State, he felt the need to prove himself and people kept like doubting him and comparing him to Zeke and all this and then GMs in the NFL let him drop to the billionth round. I'm just so happy that his debut was, I know it was against the Browns, but another sleeper of the draft is Jordan Fuller. 
who is like leading his team's defense. I think he was picked up in like the sixth round, so he's killing it. And then Damon Arnett, who has yet another arm injury, is somehow he somehow plays better when he has an arm injury. I don't know, but he's killing it too. Well, Chase Young too. He's 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 anchoring the Redskins defense currently. Uh, we already talked about him, but um, still exciting to see. Yeah, even the expected players doing really really well. What are your thoughts on your Browns thus far? Yeah, I mean, I'm. We, hey, we we've won a game already, <laughs> and we're heading into week three. So, like, I feel like that's a plus. I just I feel like it was really unfair that we had to open with Baltimore, and kind of as we're we were just alluding to, uh, I feel like the loss there as one sided as the game was said less about the Browns and a lot more about the fact that Baltimore is probably one of the three best teams in the league. Um, but, I mean, it's exciting to see our offense coming together, hearing even Troy Aikman acknowledge that we have the best one-two punch in the NFL with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, seeing Baker come into his own. You know, I've always loved Jarvis Landry, but seeing Odell Beckham finally starting to get into the mix, I just feel like there's a lot of pieces in place. And maybe, I hope this year, because I'm really sick of waiting, but hopefully, <laughs> like, in the next couple of years, the Browns can finally turn it on and you know, be one of the top two teams in the AFC North. I mean, on paper, it seems like they should be. Yeah, you know, we've got the pieces. That's more than the Eagles can say. <laughs> hey, but I saw that Cam is actually one of the top hunters in career average right now. What was the stat? Yeah, he holds the best gross and net average in NFL history currently. But he does not want to celebrate that because he has only played two years and the guy who who held the record before him played for 15 i'm like okay but we can celebrate this week (laughs) yeah for sure (laughs) it might go down next week but right now you currently hold it a ton to celebrate right now so you gotta take your wins when you can we gotta celebrate the punter but yeah i think that is all we have for today's really super long show i hope so (laughs) do you want to start the shout outs Yeah, so this has been a few weeks, but I wanted to give a belated shout out to Dak Prescott for helping to normalize the discussion around mental health. It's really, really important. One in five Americans is affected by a mental health disorder ranging from anxiety and depression to schizophrenia and other challenges. So being able to be open and upfront about challenges helps to encourage the millions and millions of Americans who have not sought treatment for their mental health challenges um, to simply go and talk to someone about it. So thanks, Doc, for, again, helping to normalize that discussion. Yeah, I'm officially a Dak Prescott fan. The Cowboys, who would have thunk it? I know. My shout out is to you. Happy belated birthday. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Everything hurts now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we have so much to celebrate on this show. I feel the need to like send you a bottle of champagne virtually somehow. We'll talk after the show. <laughs> yeah, we actually, not that this show hasn't gone on long enough, but we actually have one more quick <laughs> note before we end the show. Um, to be clear, we are not a show about politics, but that doesn't matter because literally everyone needs to vote this year. Early voting is kicked off in many states, so be sure that you have your plan to get your ballot if you're voting by mail and know where your polling location is if you're headed there in person in November. Please vote. Please. All right, that is all we have for today. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at Tia Johnson underscore, Meredith at Meredith Hine, and the site at LandGrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl for a whole entire year. 
remember to adopt, don't shop. And as always, go Bucks.